And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Episode 267 of the Constitutionals Podcast. Uh, took a little break. Uh, now we're back. Talking about whatever's going on in the world of uh, things. So here's the, here's the, here's the thought. I had, I had roughly roughly like four episodes of the show planned out and then you know weeks would pass by and i would go all right well i guess i'll do it next i guess it did and i never did it and then i had but i never changed the list so i just kept adding on to it so there were i don't know like and my notion the notion is where i keep track of this stuff i had i like let's say like 20 lines of stories and i just went well toss it out toss it out move that to news time toss it out which news time is coming back at some point but let's get on to the stories so i can go do something else that's not recording this stupid show all right, uh, this one comes from Billboard. Jeez oh, Louise. It's a Billboard Pro article, and now I got to go behind the paywall. I'm going to freaking get a thing. Oh, God. Okay, let's do another one for now. Um, let's talk about streaming services. Actually, no, let's talk about Drew Barrymore. So if you didn't hear, we are back from the... Hey, come here. We are back from uh, uh, strikes. The the writer strikes have been uh, uh, is over, and and now we are back and enjoying the uh, uh, the world of late night again. I just recorded late night lately. Fantastic. I did definitely just talk about this story, kind of, but I want to now. I can talk about it a little bit more in form over here. So this comes from a variety written by Elizabeth Wagmeister. Drew Barrymore had a simpler way out of this mess. Daytime hosts could lose their shows if they don't work during the strike. Now, if you don't know, a couple of weeks ago, before the strike officially ended, Drew Barrymore, sure people like Drew Barrymore, Bill Maher, uh, which we'll get to him in a second. Um, I think Sherry Shepard and some other, and the talk and things, and shows like that, and Kelly and Mark, they were all going to come back uh, because four out of the last five of them I just named, except for Bill Maher, are all daytime shows, technically. Um, so the talk, I don't believe, uses writers, uh, whereas, and I don't think Kelly and Mark do, but that's don't quote me on that, whereas uh, Drew's, Drew's show, the Drew Barrymore show, does. And uh, in fact, I... Jesus. Uh, in fact, I've, I've met uh, one of the writers before. I was in a tiny little... Not workshop, but organization. Maverick, come here, buddy. He's in trouble. I'll give you the I'll give you the short of it because I gave the story on the last two. No, you're not going to get on his chair. Uh, this oh my god, this happened again. What is going on? Oh, this okay. Something happened. All right, okay. Hold on. Let me just get. Let me give this first part of this thing. This is insane. If you're watching the video, I don't know if you saw this, but a, a thought bubble with a thumbs up emoji just popped up right next to my head. I was recording uh, 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 LinkedIn logs and that same thing happened. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's an OBS thing. I'm recording now in OBS. Uh, for the past couple of episodes, I've been recording in Zoom uh, because... OBS was not working on the M1 chips for some reason for Mac. And anyway, the th- Maverick, stop. But the uh, the uh, Maverick, come here, come here, come here, Maverick, come here. Sit, sit. Uh, but the but the thumbs up thing just popped up, and, and like I just don't know how to replicate what 
what, do I just give it a thumbs up? Do I just like this? Like, uh, okay, all right, whatever. Anyway, it popped up as Maverick was swatting at my leg to because he wanted to come up. Uh, he's in trouble because uh, I went to go wash my. This is the third time I'm telling this story. I came home from work, took him out to pee, uh, left him out of his crate because he's been locked up all day. Went to go wash my car, which is downstairs. And Maverick, Maverick, hey, Maverick, come here. Maverick, come here. Went to go. Hey, stop, sit. Lay down. Went to go wash my car downstairs. And uh, I was gone for 20, 30 minutes. Came back upstairs, and he had uh, destroyed a boxing glove and a training mask, uh, elevation mask, which is what I use. I swear to God, if he presses on that thing one more time, (laughs) if he squeaks... One more time. I'm recording the most listened to podcast. I see literally every single time. Oh my God. That seems mean, but I had to do it. Okay. So anyway, he'll get it. He'll get it back in 20 minutes when I'm done with this stupid show. Uh, so, so he destroyed, he destroyed some things and I'm very mad at him for doing so. I gotta buy more stuff. And I just got that training mask. I'm so pissed. I gotta buy a new strap too. I, I see, I, I contacted them. I was like, Hey, my puppy destroyed my strap. Uh, do you still have them for sale? Like hoping that they would be like, you can have one for free. But now they're like, nah, here, here's the $7. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, so Drew, so Drew Barrymore's show is, uh, hey, off the couch, off the couch. Come here, Maverick. Come here. Come here, buddy. Uh, Jesus Christ. He has the most energy in the world right now. Um, but, uh, uh, so, so Drew's show, um, people were in particular mad at coming back. Uh, well, for, let's get to the Bill Maher of it all. Bill Maher, uh, his show requires writers. His show is technically a late night show. But he was there's two there's two routes uh, I think that Drew and, and Bill were talking about. If you listen to late night lately, I talk about this too. But uh, there's two routes that that the two of them uh, are going down that I feel as though that they're kind of talking about. Whereas Drew's show, she was coming back for a reason we'll talk about in a second. But she was coming back, you know, to get people back to work. Sans the writers, so they're gonna do the show without any written segments or anything. Oh, I forgot to mention something in the last episode that I meant to, or in the last show that I meant to talk about, uh, which I'll talk about here. But uh, oh god, now he's chewing on my socks. Uh, it'll be one in two weeks <laughs> that I have at least like another year and a half of him being this crazy and wild and rambunctious. <laughs> anyway, uh. But it's oh god the video slowed down drop frame rates, um, but uh, so Drew's so Drew like was coming back to help people you know have jobs and then Bill Maher essentially was coming back out of his own hubris, uh, and and that's what it felt like and it felt like he was kind of reluctant to shut everything down, um, and Drew she came out and said hey we're gonna come back and then people. I th- I think unfairly attacked her uh, in, in in such a way that it just really put her in a bad place. And then she put out another video where she's like, "Hey, we're not going to come back. I'm sorry. I understand. I hear what you guys are saying." And people still like kind of attacked her. And then this is what I forgot to mention in uh, late night lately. Her writers, her head, her three head writers just didn't come back to the show at all. Um, I mean, like 
like truly, if, if if you have enough of that power to to say, hey, we're not going to come work, then that's that truly. I I mean, like that is so fine. Be my guest, but now other people can go fulfill those jobs because if you don't, if you can't even, if she apologized, that's the thing. The thing I think that she apolog she apologized and. You should you should take that for what it is and, you know, go talk to her about the issues and what you felt like in the first place. But you being mad and saying, like, we're not going to come back to work, period. I mean, I think that's just a cop out. That's a that's a weak way to say uh, that you don't want to work there anymore. Um, so anyway, but what uh, 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 Ms. Wagmeister writes for Variety is that a lot of the shows, especially day, a lot of these daytime hosts, they're under different contracts for not for not writing, not for acting, but for uh, the broadcast of their shows. Shows like the Jennifer Hudson show, The Talk. Uh, they were able to. There, some of them are syndicated, some of them are not syndicated. But these, but when you're when you're syndicated, you have to fill the airtime across you know the region where you're syndic in which you're syndicated. So if Drew Barrymore's show is sent, let's let's pretend I don't know if this is true, but let's pretend if it's syndicated on the East Coast. And in the Midwest, then people are going to see that show at seven o'clock when it a- seven nine nine o'clock when it airs, and uh, at nine o'clock in the morning when it airs. Uh, but people in the West Coast aren't, and and if that show doesn't air, then they have to fill that space with something, whether it be reruns or a, a show of a different type. Uh, but syndicated shows, Wag- Ms. Wagmeister writes. Uh, have contractual obligations to deliver new episodes to their local station partners, which is exactly what I'm saying. So network shows like Tonight Show, The Simpsons, stuff like that, though they're not technically obligated for this. Like those are those are those are diff- those are separate because they have like this this permanent time slot. You know, The Simpsons is going to air on Sundays at eight. Tonight Show is going to air at eleven fifteen or whatever time it airs. Um, but the Drew Barrymore show, the daytime shows like it, are required to produce a certain amount of episodes to more than 200 lo- lo- local stations throughout each television season. Uh, now, uh, that's that's what essentially what she's saying is that 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 could have been Drew's answer to as to why you know, but beyond hey, my you know these grips and these other people need to work beyond you know I'm bored in my house. Uh, beyond uh, I support everybody, she could have just been like, hey, we have to deliver 35 weeks of shows and we've only hit, you know, uh, uh, 15 this year and we still need to do the last uh, 20. I was going to do bad math. I'm going to say 15. But now they're going to have to, you know, work their butts off in order to, to put these shows out and stuff like that. But I mean, it's... I, you know, it, there's a, I don't, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say like there's layers to all of this. Uh, obviously I fully agree with the writers and everything, uh, except for those three that walked off the job. I just don't, I don't think that was a smart move. Uh, but any form of writing, a lot of WJ members, uh, Ms. Wagmeister writes, even notes written by producers are a violation, uh, which you know, which makes sense. I mean, if you listen to the Doughboys podcast for the past couple of months, you'll you would have heard uh, the the host, one of the hosts of the show, who usually writes a blurb at the top of the show. He didn't write a blurb. He didn't write blurbs at all. Uh, and then on the other hand, you know, I, I just I don't know. It's 
just att- attacking Drew like like she was like David Zaslav or somebody. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> what did she do? What did she do in the end? Anyway, uh, I like Drew Barrymore. I don't think she deserved all that major hate that she was getting. Um, uh, I mean, the same people that probably did that probably liked Barbie. <laughs> okay, I've been looking in the in the interim of me talking. I've been I've been double I've been double uh, pulling some double duty and trying to find the same website that I use to get behind paywalls and I cannot find it. Oh, you know what I think it's called? I think it's called this. Uh, 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 n- yes, that's exactly what it's called. Okay, whew, man, oh man. But we're not going to talk about that. Actually, yeah, we are going to talk about that if this loads up the exact way I need it to. Oh, thank God. Maybe don't have uh, paywalls for very bad articles. They're not very bad. It's written by Elias Light over at Billboard Pro. Why did some of Sony's new music releases struggle to get on TikTok? TikTok is the is a. I mean, t- take out the fact that you know there's music you can you can make or break careers on there. Um, it is the biggest platform in the world right now, and. Uh, and f- and for a lot of these short form things, music is very very important, and and now uh, uh, labels are delivering all their music to TikTok the same way, you know Thursday nights that we get the new Drake album, <clears throat> excuse me, the new Drake album, even though it's Friday at six a.m. when that uploaded, or we get uh, uh, the new Kelly Clarkson album, or Paramore or Taylor Swift or Beyonce U two, record whatever. On September 22nd, things began to go wrong with what's ordinarily a relatively seamless operation. Five executives, all affiliated with Sony Music or managers with artists in the Sony Music ecosystem, <clears throat> told Billboard that they encountered problems getting their music on TikTok. Uh, the issues included some songs' delivery was temporarily delayed, some never made it, some temporarily forced uh, face copyright takedowns, even though they were legitimate major label releases that didn't infringe on the works of others. Two sources were told by Sony Music that even Bad Bunny's new single, Un Preview, distributed by The Orchard, which Sony owns, was initially available on all streaming services when it came out on uh, September 25th, but on TikTok. TikTok, again, is not a streaming service. Uh, But these issues are a very big problem because if you can reach a billion people... I don't know how many people use TikTok, but if you can reach hundreds of millions of people and if someone can hear Bad Bunny's in preview on TikTok, even if it's just a snippet, then that person has a bigger chance of listening to it, going to a, uh, going to a streaming service, playing that or playing it over and over again on TikTok, playing it on a streaming service, listening to it on the radio, buying the song or going to the concert because they heard it on TikTok. TikTok said that there were global, there was a quote, due to an internal error, we inadvertently restricted explicit tracks from TikTok globally. That was back in 2019. But the, the, but the problems that came with that, the last set from Sony in particular, 
are very, very interesting indeed. Sony was in the uh, Sony Music rather was in the process of negotiating a new deal with the ByteDance-owned company, according to multiple sources. And Sony Music executives told at least two people that they believe sudden problems with getting music onto TikTok were linked to the ongoing negotiations. So was it really, was it like back in 2019? Was it a TikTok issue or was it an issue with contracts? TikTok has a lot of power when it comes to uh, uh, being who they are now. I mean, you know, TikTok, uh, again, let's take this back to the streaming world. Like Netflix, they don't have to tell numbers. They can just say, hey, you guys are doing great. We have this much money and you should believe us. That's why we're the best. But if you're gonna give, if if there's if there's this situation of we are you're negotiating a contract and there's um a, a, suddenly the company you're negotiating with is having issues, then the problem really does look like it is you are uh, uh, doing something to do this. I mean. This is what happens when you have monopolies. This is why it stinks when Elon Musk says, and I don't use as an as a non Twitter user, but it, it stinks when Elon Musk is like, "We're gonna charge people to use Twitter, and we're gonna let all the bad people back on, and we're gonna like and just keep adding on things that just don't make sense in the end. We're gonna charge you for a blue check. We're gonna change it to X, which is not really the same thing, but yeah." Nearly four years ago, when they when they said they inadvertently when they've done this before and they said they quote inadvertently restricted explicit tracks, the problem took a number of weeks to resolve. Labels first noticed that songs containing swears were having trouble at the end of August, whereas songs that didn't have swears were doing just fine. And that in October of that year in 2019, before TikTok reps said the company was quote it was uh, it was October, so that's a couple months. The company was, quote, finally able to notify labels of the full restoration of affected tracks. But now the various issues experienced by Sony Music affiliates in September were fixed far more quickly. So where does that put TikTok in that in that in that kind of you know world? All right, let's talk about these other things. The rest of this is going to involve rearranging the stories, streaming, streaming services. So I'll kind of mix these up into almost one story. Not one story, but the rest of the time we have here together. Todd Spangler over at Variety. He writes, Max is number one streamer for overall satisfaction while Netflix falls to sixth place. This is from a survey from the Wit Media's 2023 Satisfaction Report. So take it as you will. I've never heard of Wit Media. Uh, they topped Max, which was then HBO Max at that point last year, uh, topped Wit Media's study uh, in 2022, even though it fell six points to 88% from 94% within the last year. Hulu was number two, Disney Plus number three. Wit Media, an entertainment data and analytics provider, compiled the weighted rankings based on a survey in 2000 of 2011 adults. Should have done 2023. Netflix was second overall in 2021, then dropped to fourth in 2022, and now it's in sixth in 2023. 
even though people will not really cancel Netflix. I mean, look at me. I don't think I've I I think the last time I canceled was um, let's see. I've had it since high school. We were off it for a little bit, then we got back on because I wanted DVDs and my mom, and I think the blockbuster near us closed. Uh, yeah. So I think I've had it for I've had Hulu the longest um, when it was free. God, I miss those days. But probably like you don't know fifteen plus years maybe how old am i 30 so that means oh i definitely had it i definitely had uh, netflix longer than 15 years wow i would venture to say since i was 12 or 13 maybe yeah i remember like getting dvds in the mail for the first time man anyway Overall, Wit Media's 2023 survey found that satisfaction among the top tier streaming platforms is on a decline, while mid tier services, uh, top tier is Netflix, Disney Plus, Max. Mid tier is like Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, Hulu, Peacock, Prime Video, and Paramount Plus. Rose in overall satisfaction due to improvements in content quality, variety, and uh, product value. So if you're if you're looking in terms of the numbers. In the rankings right now, it goes Max, Hulu, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, Paramount Plus, Netflix, Prime Video, and Peacock, which has surged ahead, which is insane. Like if you look, Peacock in twenty twenty one was sixty two percent, then it grew to sixty eight, and now it's at seventy four percent. The satisfaction rate is uh, very increasing, increasing for Peacock. Good for them. I think the local news bump really did it for them. Uh, that the where if you pay ten dollars a month, I think you get local news. Also, uh, I, I truly two weeks ago my Peacock was set to end. I had a year subscription for twenty dollars last year, and uh, it was set to end. And I was ready to go cancel it. And then uh, that day I looked at it, and it was like, hey, twenty dollars for another year. And like it didn't ask; it just said twenty dollars for another year, twenty dollars for another year, stay. And I went, oh okay. <laughs> so now I still have Peacock, which is great. But they got rid of Law and Order Vanilla. For some reason, and I was still, I still had like six episodes left in that season of, of the last uh, season that just aired. I like to watch them all in order. All in order, law and order. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Additional survey findings Max also leads in satisfaction subscription uh, for the quality of original content, variety of original content, and perceived value for the service. Now, Max, most recently, and I'm not saying this because I worked there, uh, they have surprised me. Even though I knew this was coming ahead of time, there is a new CNN uh, news beta where you can watch some live shows and some uh, other content that they're doing streaming on the service. So they have a news section, which they should have done a long time ago. And then there's now now introduced a sports section that is dubbed Bleacher Report Sports, which I think is a bad title, but they have the Bleacher Report brand. And uh, until February, it's going to be free for everybody. I think it's going to be $7 after the fact. But you also, until February, you get live games from MLB, NHL, MLB, MLS. So that's cool. You get all the major sports in America. I think, Max, in terms of variety and and things that they offer, uh, and even though I hate, hate, hate that the company removed removes shows and movies all the time, uh, I think it's so great to have sports and news because that is what is keeping people from leaving cable is that they have they don't have access to sports. So now if you have ESPN Plus and if you have uh, Max, 
you're going to be able to watch all the sports you want to watch. And and if you and and Apple TV because you got MLS the MLS thing on there, and then uh, Paramount Plus because then you got and Peacock you got soccer uh, on both of those. I think that's fantastic. I love it. Who's going to Prime Video? I'm watching Gen V, then I'm turning it off. <laughs> it's fifteen dollars a month, baby. Uh, but that, but now let's move on to this other one from Joe Otterson uh, at Variety. Which streaming service cancels TV series at the highest rate? This new study uh, sets the record straight. Who was the study conducted by? It's it's called the Show Must Go Off. Wow, <laughs> I love that. Uh, it was uh, it's done by Variety Intelligence Platform and Luminate to do an exploration of. Who cancels the most shows? Streaming canceled about 12.2% of its shows. Linear TV, this is from 2020 to 2023. Linear TV did 10.8%. Broadcast uh, uh, is, is the second. Let me tell you this. I'm not reading these in order. It's the second at 26.6%. The most canceled shows from between 2020 and 2023 came from a streamer. And its name is Max, which is the one with the most satisfaction. 26.9%. Barely beating out broadcast. Just canceling shows left and right. Disney Plus follows with 21.1%. Uh, Paramount Plus at 16.9%. Hulu at 15.2%. Then Netflix at 10.2%. Peacock at 10 Prime at 9 Apple TV at 49 Which I think it is so fascinating because we knew that these numbers were going to be high on streaming because, uh, you know, besides the writer's strike, between the writer's strike, excuse me, between the pandemic and the writer's strike, that just was just a confluence of events that said, hey, we're going to, like, a lot of things have to happen. And that includes getting a lot of shows off the air. Shows like HBO were canceled. Minx, Love Life, that is between, did I say shows like HBO? Shows like Westworld, <laughs> shows like Westworld, Minx, Love Life. Minx and Westworld lived on HBO. Love Life lived on Max, HBO Max at the time. But even still, there's no there's no disparity between getting cut. While Minx was able to live on at Stars, which I now has, I think it has since been canceled. I don't know. Uh, Love Life and Westworld are still done for, over with. They should be able to come back and finish Westworld. Uh, mostly because I have access to it because I have access to the screeners app of Warner Brothers. Uh, but I would also love to finish Westworld because I think I was bogged down at season three uh, with other stuff and I just didn't finish it. Now, now that we know which shows cancel which, oh, they have a nifty, uh, well, I can't read the report. Never mind. Now, continuing on off of that, we've got <laughs> the little cat's rubbing her head. Uh, this comes from Hyrule Reporter. Winston Cho writes, does Disney's management of Hulu and ESPN violate antitrust laws a judge weighs in? We're in those, we're this age of antitrust. Uh, Hulu is owned by Disney. Disney is trying to buy out Comcast's um, uh, percentage points of Hulu. At one point, Hulu was uh, owned by Fox Broadcasting, Comcast, Disney and NBC and then oh excuse me that is Comcast so it was owned by three companies 
and they were all putting their shows on there, and then now they want their own streaming services, and now Disney's trying to get Hulu. Uh, probably at some point, these kids are just defying me. Nova, get off the table. Hey. Okay, it's whatever. Who cares? Uh, but now there's a proposed class action uh, that took aim against Disney's ownership of Hulu and also ESPN, which is cable's most uh, expensive channel controlled by Disney that's widely regarded as a driver of price hikes for consumers over the past decades. And by price hikes, they mean things for like cable. A federal judge found that the company must face allegations in said lawsuits. It's not a lawsuit. The lawsuit was filed last year by YouTube TV subscribers because um, they. I, the, the short of it is that YouTube TV and Hulu with Live TV uh, and other streaming cable platforms uh, have had their prices bolstered and boosted because of uh, what these YouTube TV subscribers say is Disney uh, doing that. They said since Disney acquired a majority stake in Hulu in 2019, prices for live t- uh, streaming pay TV have shot up, according to the complaint, which noted that the trend was led by Hulu with live TV um, at that point in time, which is, I mean, which makes sense because I remember at that time Hulu went up and then it kind of opened the door for YouTube TV to go up. And uh, my friend and I, uh, as we split YouTube TV, every time they go up, we're like, ugh. Do we really want to pay, you know, $35 or $33 each or $35 each? I think it's one of them. The thrust of the claims were focused on inflated prices passed on to consumers through contractual agreements with competitors. By that, they mean uh, for a company like Viacom, I think they require $10 per head uh, in order to uh, put BET and VH1 and MTV on your cable provider, um, which is what I'm going to refer to these as from now on. I think they call it a streaming pay TV. I'm just going to say cable, whatever. Uh, Internet cable. Um, uh, And uh, and so, yeah, so so that's what they're doing. Um, Mandating them to carry ESPN as part of the cheapest bundle they offer and the imposition of so-called most favored nation clauses, which ensure that ESPN affiliates fees negotiated with any given competitor represent an industry-wide price floor. Which means that the same pra- the same prices you paid to you know watch the Mets on Monday Night Baseball in New York would be the same prices you paid to watch them in um, in I in the middle of Iowa, in a small town Iowa. While a judge said that these terms could harm consumers, uh, it was noted that they likely don't constitute violations of antitrust law since they do quote not state a, a cognizable cognizable injury to competition however disney's infrastructure is concluded uh to and agreements have uh, produced barriers to entry to uh, support plaintiff's claims to enter live uh streaming pay tv market a company must enter into enough carriage agreements with cable providers to secure a critical mass of channels in that scenario Disney would have incentivized not would have, would be incentivized not to do business with that firm since doing so would undercut its position in the market, according to the order. So does, like, the question isn't, does Disney have to stand up to this? Does Do they have to pay attention to it? I think in, in the end it is, they, what are they going to say? And how will they skirt around it? 
let's take a step back, look at Apple. Apple didn't want to do USB-C on their products. And then slowly but surely over the past couple of years, we've gotten, I'm pointing to my iPad, USB-C on my iPad Pro, and then uh, subsequently the iPad Air, and then USB-C on the, on the Mac products, uh, which I have an M1 Mac Mini over here. Um, whereas, you know, I have this uh, uh, Lenovo Yoga 900 from, I don't know, six or seven or eight years ago, and even though this, it's broken right here, you can see a USB-C port right there. And I mean, look how old this thing. This is like the first, this is the second generation yoga, I believe. And uh, it's got this stupid watch hinge. I mean, it's still a very sleek laptop, but it's got USB-C. And then uh, my phone has USB-C. It's got a stylus too, baby. You like the stylus? Yeah. The stylus. Huh? You hear that click? <laughs> and then my mouse and my, uh, and my keyboard both have USB-C. We're moving towards a one cable future, but Apple didn't want to do that. So for a lot of their products, like the PowerBeats Pros, which I have, I have to charge with Lightning. And then uh, iPhones for the longest time still had Lightning. And then the EU passed this legislation that said, hey, let's just do one thing to, com to combat e-waste. And then Apple was trying to get around that. But in the end, they had to. Uh, they, they, they add a USB-C and people were acting like it's the... Like if you're if you're like a technology fan, you're like this is good because USB C is great. And then if you don't know technology, uh, like I do work with uh, there was an anchor uh, at CNN well, where I currently work, and um, they were complaining about uh, this is getting so specific, <laughs> but they were complaining about they got the new iPhone 15, and then uh, this person was like, "There's no cable in the I mean, there's only a cable in the box and no brick, so I got I had to go buy a brick. Like it's ridiculous. I like well, USB C. Who uses this?" <laughs> And I was sitting over there with a USB-C battery charging my, my iPad and my phone going, it's me, baby. I'm your worst nightmare. So this competition thing, it's the same thing people are saying about Microsoft and Blizzard, Microsoft buying Blizzard, and then, peop and then people, uh, PlayStation people being, uh, mostly PlayStation itself, the company, uh, being concerned that they're not going to get Call of Duty anymore, or the next you know game uh, Starfield. Uh, even like that's kind of true, but Starfield will be on PS5 at some point. Um, but it, like that that kind of that concern that there, there's going to be this uh, monopoly of TV of cable things. Uh, I think for in order for that to happen, a large part of that, a large swath has to be that people subscribe to Hulu of live TV. And last I checked, and this is not to sound like an asshole or anything, but the last I checked is that YouTube TV was the leading provider for streaming pay TV. So that would like there would have to be a real threat from Hulu of live TV, which I'm not saying that they're not number two because they probably are. But, uh, but then the next thing of that is, has Disney been bullying people with ESPN saying we're the number one sports network and they are we're the number one sports network you're going to want us on charter spectrum and if you don't if you don't like this uh if you don't if you don't uh, sign this next contract then we will go black like we will go black oh there ESPN is not going to go black first of all <laughs> I'm going to stop right there I'm not going to I'm not going to go off on that 
so, so would that would that be how that how that would happen in the end? Yeah, I don't know. I I would like I I want to see this go to trial. I mean, I guess that's the only answer to this. I want to see this go to trial, and I do want to see how this plays out. Um, for for both, I mean, not for, for for the one side with the YouTube TV people, where I see where they're coming from, where those plaintiffs are coming from. But I definitely want to see where they, where Disney is is where they put themselves in this pantheon, because that is something. Like, let's look at. I'm reading the HBO uh, book Tenderbox, the book about HBO's rise. Uh, at no point, and I'm still in the early years of that book, but at no point are they going. You're gonna want us on your cable package. Uh, or else, you know, nobody's going to watch you because HBO is that add-on. Showtime is the add-on. With who, like, with ESPN, they're saying put us in the base, you know, put us in the basic cable package, and we're going to charge you a buttload, and you're going to, and we don't care how you get that money, but we're going to charge you a buttload because people are going to want to watch us. They're going to want to watch Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Baseball and, and college sports. Disney has that power, and I would love to see them answer to that. Listen, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, simplescomedy.com. i got to end the show. Where you can uh, uh, watch me and listen to me talk to uh, famous people. Uh, uh, who's uh, Who are the last people I just talked to? Um, I just talked to uh, Kat Solon. That's one person. Uh, Craig Robinson, Claudia O'Doherty, Judah Miller, Luke Monez, Kurt Fuller. Oh, God, I'm just left and right talking to famos. <laughs> and uh, uh, you want to see a video version of the show, youtube.com slash comedy. You can follow us on social media, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Chad Black White, at C Plus Comedy rate review subscribe tell your friends about it and this is the end of the episode i'm going bye